0: galaxy lights, Coachella, lightning bolt necklaces. 2023 was the year of Scandaval. On March 3rd, one cheating scandal launched a reality TV investigation that generated hundreds of conspiracy theories, thousands of podcast episodes, and millions of dollars in revenue. I'm Jody Walker, host of An American Scandival. one retrospective story told in three salacious parts. Listen December 26th on the Ringer Reality Feed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Experience the thrilling burst of delicious cherry flavor with the crisp and refreshing Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in zero sugar, diet, and mini cans, Pepsi Wild Cherry is the perfect way to indulge your wild side. From a Friday night binge watch to a raucous evening of pizza and sweatpants with your friends, Pepsi Wild Cherry lets everyone get wild their way. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get
1: wild. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9 with available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all
0: night long. That's my he will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Close your legs to married men. Trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo?
2: Welcome, everyone, to Morally Corrupt. A special Morally Corrupt here on the Ringer Reality Feed. Um, I am Rachel Lindsay, and I am so excited for what we have in store for you guys today because this is a podcast like no other. We're doing a Ringer Reality TV first, a three-part narrative podcast brought to you by our very own Jody Walker. She's reporting this. She narrated this. You guys, it is called An American Scandaval, properly titled. It drops next week, December 26th. Sit with that, guys. Just like, let it like, just pour all over you. But Jody. I don't even know where to start because what I will say is, and I said it on this podcast before when we're talking about Scan I've said, I've I've had enough of Scannaval. I don't need any more Scan <laughs> And then I pressed play. And I said, Oh no, Rachel, there is so much more to get into. There's so much more to tackle, which shows the complexity of this all and leads me to my first question of the why you decided to do this narrative podcast and title it American (laughs) Scandal
0: Well, Rachel, first of all, hey, I've missed you. And also it is thank you for that introduction. And it is like LOL hilarious to be the interviewee on our beloved morally corrupt. But I am excited and I have to say, you are my number one audience target member for this podcast because the whole time I was thinking it, I, making it, I was thinking about you and hearing your voice running through my head of like, <laughs> I don't want to hear shit about Scandal anymore. And I get it. I totally get it. Here's the thing. Here's why I wanted to make it. First of all, narrative podcasts are a beast. They take a long time to write and make. So I started making this podcast months ago, but I honestly started making it, I think, when we were at an all-time scandal fatigue but what we're fatigued from is the roll off of scandaval you know it's the it's the bethany interviews it's the continuing on it's the tom making a podcast what's easy to forget about months later is how huge Scandaval was and how overwhelming it was. The weekend that it dropped, I just remember being in our Bravo group chat and like, I was on vacation. I was doing something else and I could not stop texting because we were obsessed with this. So I was interested, I've always been interested in making a narrative podcast about something that I love. So a lot of narrative podcasts are about really serious topics because really serious topics are what matter. But this mattered to me because we were obsessed with it. And I'm always interested in why we become obsessed with things and why things catch on and really why we watch reality TV, why we have an entire podcast economy around around watching reality TV. And so it's just as much about and what happened in this affair where two cast members cheated for seven months while they were on camera behind the back of a nine-year relationship. It's half about that, and it's half about us and why we cared about it so much. And yeah, I just wanted to dig in and study it. And getting back into the meat of it and what was really going on for those four months where we were, like, investigating Scandaval has been wild and fun and really interesting.
2: I, I, you know, and hearing you say it all like that, I should have started off this podcast by saying thank you. Because <laughs> that's really how I felt watching this. And I think that, I think too, you know, people, what I want people to understand as they press play and listen to this narrative is, it's not a recap. The way that you put it together, for, for the millennial in me, it felt very pop-up video, behind the music. So we'll say behind the scan of all, because it, it's like, I, I felt like I could listen to it. I could have read this as an article. Your personality comes out so much. It's funny. It makes you think. It's so smart. And then the way you put it together with this, the way you lean into this true crime angle for it, How did that come about? How did you decide to do that? Because as I was listening to, and I could clearly tell that you've been researching this out the wazoo, how did you decide what to put in, what not, and then put it all together under this true crime, in this true crime way?
0: So I think I've always kind of wanted to make a satirical true crime podcast, because I love true crime, but I don't love murder. And I think that's like something that people run into a lot in listening to true crime is that it's really fascinating. The themes and the obsession is really fascinating, but it's really dark. And... The, the overlap of Bravo fans and true crime fans is like a perfect circle of a Venn diagram. So I thought that this would be an interesting way to do it, but also the tropes of Scandaval, they fall perfectly into true crime. So, like, there wasn't an actual crime. There was no risk of anyone being arrested, except for Sheena Shea when she got that restraining order, but that's in the pod. Um, (laughs) But there was an investigation. Like, there was a huge— this huge investigation that we took upon ourselves. So I really wanted to break that down. And then also the characters fall into these perfect true crime tropes. So there's, like, Ariana as, like, the perfect victim that everyone cares about, you know, it's like the it's like the Dateline thing of like her smile really lights up the room. There's like the perfect villain of Tom sandoval S- Tom Sandoval. That happens a lot. Um, <laughs> who is like you know literally like twirling his mustache. And then there's Raquel, who's really the wild card in all of this. She's kind of like a dopey femme fatale. And so I couldn't stop thinking about those characters and the way that they apply to true crime. And I'll be honest, I walked into writing this. Podcast Podcast being like, I am going to make a complete satire. Like, I'm going to do a Keith Morrison voice. Like, I am (laughs) going to fully, fully, like, sort of spoof true crime. And when I tried to do that, it was very, very silly. And so I kind of leaned off of that because the other thing I've always wanted to do is make like a funny narrative podcast. And while this is a real thing that happened, this affair, Vanderpump Rules is so funny. And so many of the beats of this and the characters involved are so funny. Um, And so the sort of like satire element of it just came without me having to do a Keith Morrison voice Thank goodness.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't do Keith Morrison. We get the Jodie Walker voice. I
0: am using my, I would say I'm using my professional voice. Um, It's sort of like, it's sort of like my journalism hat voice. So it's a slightly different than morally corrupt Jodie.
2: No, you absolutely nailed it. And it's it's the same. It's, it is. It's a more serious Jodie. It's a storytelling Jodie. But all the personality of you is wrapped up in it. Um, Was there, as you were going through this, because I feel like the more, you're so right, we would deep dive into this. We all became these, you know, what's the word? We, I don't know, we just, we all felt like it. the more we dig, these dark holes that we go into, we can find out the answers as to the who, what, when, where, and why. And we had to know because as this podcast starts off, and I don't want to say too much because I want you guys to press play. This is dropping December 26 um, on the Ringer Reality feed. It's so true the way you started off because it's it's like we didn't realize that this was happening. You know, if they write pop culture history books, this will be a part of it because in our Bravo world, we knew all these storylines and we knew these characters, but this transcended through that and went into, became pop culture. It was everywhere. Everyone was talking about it, even if they didn't understand it because we were trying to figure it out for you, as you were going through all of this, was there like a question that you were trying to answer? Were you trying to get to a certain point? Where Did this podcast take you on a journey?
0: There there are two answers to that, because there, there is a question I was trying to answer, which is, why were we so obsessed with this? Why did this catch on the way that it did? And The answer to that is sort of that it, as we get into in the podcast, is that it was this perfect storm. All of these elements came together at once. So there was like the salaciousness of the affair, which was already wild. But as people will often point out, Vanderpump Rules is founded on cheating. People cheat on Vanderpump Rules all the time. They cheat on reality TV all the time. This was different because it happened live and because this was the incredibly rare case, and in fact, probably only case, of us watching a reality TV show where we know more than the characters we're watching. And so, a lot of what this boils down to and why it was so interesting is that it came at this perfect moment we've never had more access to reality TV than we have now. You know, like, we go to BravoCon, and it's like going to Disney World and visiting the characters, you know? It's like, Ariana is a princess. Tom Schwartz is Donald Duck. And it like it's like, we know these people. The question is kind of, why are we so interested? Why do we live our lives alongside them? Why are we interested in their lives? And so that was the question I was interested in answering is... Why, why did this catch on the way that it did? This scandal of all scandals, scandals happen all the time. Erica Jane happened, Jin Shaw happened. These things happened recently, but this is the one that we were obsessed with for months and months. This is the one that we like actually devoted time to, devoted podcasts to, devoted, you know, Instagram, entire Instagram accounts, entire new podcasts. It revived Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules was yes, a dying did. franchise. It got its sees series high ratings during its 10th season. It's been on air for 10 years. And Scandaval is why. That was a question I wanted to answer. You asked something else that that basically- Did it take you on a journey? The journey that it took me on was much more of a personal one because I think (laughs) I walked in, you know, wanting to answer this question. It was totally fascinating to answer. But the thing about Scandival, and I'm doing this for our year-end coverage because it was one of the biggest things that happened this year- but there aren't like you know, we do know for the most part what happened in Scandival. However, I wanted to make this for someone who knows what happened and someone who was like, what is this word that people keep saying? So there aren't like huge reveals. There aren't, you know, we we kind of know how it ends. The journey that it took me on is that making a narrative podcast is really hard. And My regular job is that I'm a writer and I'm a podcaster. And that's what a narrative podcast is. It's a written and reported podcast. That seems like it would be easy for me And it was just... It was such a challenge. Um, It's, you know, 200 hours of television to rewatch. It's 40 hours of interviews that I did. It's, you know, several hundred podcasts to go through and listen to and then write and record in an interesting way. So that was a real challenge. And this was my first narrative podcast. And, you know, as a bit of a teaser, I'll say... I think that I learned how to do it along the way. So for me, I feel like episode 2 is better than episode 1, episode 3 is better than episode 2, and episode 1, and it was kind of a learning process, but it was um it was a lot of work and it was really fun.
2: <laughs> it's so good. Like I would never know that this was this was your first narrative podcast because it just seems so effortless and then you have this gift of I feel like I'm on the phone with you. I feel like I'm, or I'm like sitting around the table, listening to my friend, just like break it down. And I'm so interested and I'm on the edge of my seat and I know what happened. But I think what was so great, and that's why I love hearing, I like hearing, how hard this was and difficult. Cause I think a lot of times people think, oh, I can do that too. I know that narrative podcasting is not necessarily, maybe, maybe if I had a team, it's something that I could do, but you did answer a question. I was going to ask you about having to go back and watch, because as you're listening to this, there are a lot of references to different scenes. And we hear that, that playback also other podcasters, which is really interesting. I had a jump scare at hearing my own voice. I was like, "Oh God, get her off! Get her, Rachel!" Get her out of no, there. <laughs> you are
0: a, you are a pivotal part of episode one and and episode two. We had
2: we had to get Rachel in there. Big rage. Get her out. Get her out. But it's it's so good about sh- not just being what we do here at the Ring of Reality TV, but also what other podcasters are doing as well, which I thought was really interesting. But as I'm, as you're doing all these flashbacks to scenes that happen, I, I was surprised at certain things. And, you know, I don't want to get into it too much because I want, you know, these listeners to be surprised as well. And then I want you to forward it to your friends and your family members to gather around for the holidays and listen to this. Um, um,
0: happy holidays.
2: Happy holidays. It truly was a gift. It's a gift. Um, But I I really was surprised. And I'm wondering if there were things that surprised you. And I'll give you an example. Having watched this from the beginning, and I'll admit, I did fall off in the later seasons, not season 10, obviously, because I was bored and it just wasn't getting anywhere. And people had seemed to move on in their lives. And the allure that, that captivated us so much at the beginning, why we love these characters, they had moved on from that world. And then some of the original people weren't there anymore, which you also cover in these episodes. But... I did not realize that Ariana came in season two. Really? That is something I thought that can't happen in like that just shows me that we got so much in that first season. I did not know we learned about Kristen and Jax. I so it took me back, and believe it or not, as much as we've heard about Scandival, as much as we we, you know, have read about it, listened to it, all the stuff. It made me want to go back and start over and watch all over again. What surprised you in your reporting for this project?
0: Well, no, yeah, I mean, you're kind of touching on it. What surprised me is how much there was to say. So this podcast was originally pitched to our ringer executives as a one episode year-end, kind of quickie, let's look at this huge thing that happened in pop culture this year. And as I started talking with the narrative team about it, who, for the most part, were unfamiliar with Scandaval and telling them everything that happened and telling them why it mattered and telling them about the Bravo audience, we very quickly were like, oh, this needs to be bigger than one episode. So we settled on three episodes. As I was writing it, I was like, listen, I'm not gonna do it, but this could be six episodes. Because you can you can kind of go back as far as you want but this ultimately this three podcast series this three episode series is about more than scandal it's about 10 years of reality tv and that's how long vanderpump rules has been on and it really encompasses these interesting themes of how consuming reality TV has changed over the last decade. So over, if this had happened in 2013, it would have been a completely different situation. We would not have had the access to these people's lives to investigate it the way that we did. So much of what we were able to figure out about what happened in this affair, and then have confirmed, gloriously confirmed, in watching season 10 came from social media. So in episode two, I talk about this sort of second screen technology that we now use to watch reality TV, and so like, Bravo doesn't just exist on Bravo anymore. It's on Instagram. It's on Reddit. It's our access to these Bravo liberties lives that sort of could have created a perfect storm like this. And so like really digging into that, it was just really surprising kind of how deep all of this goes and then like of course in the podcast you know i have to take it back to the beginning of vanderpump rules which was fundamentally founded on an affair between sheena shea and brandy glanville's husband eddie Cibrian. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Experience the thrilling burst of delicious cherry flavor with the crisp and refreshing Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in zero sugar, diet, and mini cans, Pepsi Wild Cherry is the perfect way to indulge your wild side. From a Friday night binge watch to a raucous evening of pizza and sweatpants with your friends... Pepsi Wild Cherry lets everyone get wild their way. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
2: Let's get into that because even though I knew that, I forgot, or I guess I just forgot, maybe the, I knew it, but the depths of it, the originating of it and how it seamlessly went from one show to the next show and how that moment and that and what happened is kind of what this show was built on. Can you please break down kind of a larger timeline of it all and how, and who was that pivotal person to connect these worlds? Because as you talk about it, and I also want you to talk about this, I forgot who it was because it's interesting that that person is who this is all built off of. And yet she doesn't have the same respect and it, as the other characters that we came to know and love on this
0: show, you've got to put some respect on sheena shea's name. it's It's tough to do. she She <laughs> unearns it every step of the way. However, no one works harder on reality TV than Sheena Shea. And honestly, like, you know, shenanigans, her podcast is good. She's out, She has a vlog. Like, she is the access, and she always has been. So what you're referencing is that Sheena Shea was our entry point into Vanderpump Rules. We can say it was Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump is the one who had the idea for, I have this restaurant, the waiters, aka the servers, at Sir are crazy. They should be documented. But there ended up being this seamless plug-in where Sheena Shea, who was a waiter, a server at one of uh, LVP's restaurants, had also had an affair with Brandy Glanville from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills husband while Brandy was pregnant, and Brandy confronts, well, rather, has a run-in with Sheena Shea. Eventually, they have a confrontation in a Beverly Hills episode that rolls over into the first-ever episode of Vanderpump Rules, and I was there, baby. I remember watching it. And what's so crazy is that in the first episode, you know, we got Rachel there in archival podcast clips, but I interviewed a couple of our other ringer colleagues, and morally corrupt co-hosts and visitors. So I talked to Chelsea, I talked to Amelia, I talked to Juliet, and it was for me a very full circle moment to talk to Juliet about this because I have been listening to Juliet Littman podcast about reality TV for a decade, since 2013. I listened to her Grantland podcast, The Right Reasons, with David Jacoby, and I can remember so specifically their obsession with Vanderpump Rules. So it's like, it's this full-circle moment for me of coming back around to talking to Juliet about it. It's also a full-circle moment of like, Vanderpump Rules really was kind of remarkable when it premiered, because it was, as opposed to The Housewives, which was this sort of aspirational reality TV that had taken off, there was nothing aspirational about Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) It was relatable TV, you know? I mean, they had dripping AC units, Ariana and Tom, well, and then, I mean, and the and the the most, like, the dirtiest, nastiest part of, of Vanderpump Rules has always been Tom Sandoval's apartment that he shared with Kristen Doty, then he shared with Ariana. They couldn't run their air conditioning and their microwave at the same time, or they would start an apartment fire. It's like, this is what Vanderpump Rules was, and we were obsessed with it, mostly because of Jackson Stassi, who were unlike any characters we'd ever seen before, And then to come back around to 10 years later to Vanderpump Rules having this cultural moment again is, you know, it's kind of (laughs) cool.
2: It it truly is. And what I also thought was really cool is that for people who didn't know, because you said that you did this podcast for people like me who know and may have been fatigued, but you know, it it gives it a, this podcast gives it a totally different insight. Um, Or for the people who've heard about it but don't really know. And a question that I get from the latter, folks, is always, well, what's the big deal? He cheated on his girlfriend. You know, people do that all the time. Why are people so up in arms? I do feel like that that's a question that's answered because you go back and show us the Tom Sandoval that we met to the Tom Sandoval of 10 years later, and you think you know, but you don't know. And that comparison of how he was the lesser of three evils, the other <laughs> guys that were there, you know? And just the shield of Jax, I think is how you referred to it, was really incredible. Why was it, did you think about that as you were delving into it? Was it important for you to say, I've got to let people know who Tom Sandoval was when we met? Because it's almost like you forget over 10 years, you've, forget the transition of listening to you break it down, listening to the things he said in those first couple of seasons, how he was always telling us who he is. Can you delve into that?
0: So I have to give credit to like all of the amazing Bravo experts that I talk to. And that is a huge part of reporting a story like this is that, it's. It doesn't just come from me. It comes from a community. And a lot of the podcast is about that. It's about this community, this, fanto- this fandom, this ecosystem that has popped up around Va- Bravo, and then this smaller ecosystem that popped up around Vanderpump Rules. So I will say that specific thing of like how Jax was a shield to Tom Sandoval and how, really, he'd just been kind of hiding in plain sight this whole time. And by the time Skandoval rolled around, we could go back and look at like patterns of human behavior of how this happened with Kristen Doty, and then it happened with Ariana Maddox, and it would've happened with Raquel if all of this had not ultimately been exposed. He would've played his exact same game on her. My recognition of the way that he was hiding in plain sight did not come from me. That came from my sources and from so many other people observing it and realizing it. And people are so smart, man. And that's what, I mean, that's what's cool is that like for those of us that podcast about it week to week, it actually is really interesting to pull back and look at something like this, a huge cultural moment like this, on a broader scale. So like, it's not just the Tom Tom sweatshirt. It's not just the lightning bolt necklaces. It's everything. And let's talk about it. So like, I talked to, I'm sure for some of our listeners, some of their favorite podcasters. I talked to Emily Hanks from She Speaks Bravo and Kara Berry from Everyone's Business But Mine and Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good and the women from the Bravo docket. And I talked to journalists and I talked to Hannah Selinger, who invented the Scandaval portmanteau, and, like, these people are just so smart. And I always found in talking to them that it's like, you know, I would kind of preface with, like, listen, I know we've done a lot on Scandaval, but this is kind of a a big-picture story. When I... Inevitably, some point within the interview, we would just get to a point where we were screaming. Like, we were just screaming about Scandaball. <laughs> like, the passion, st- the passion lives on. We can still get that worked up about it because for reality TV historians and reality TV fans, this was such a huge and remarkable moment. And that's the answer for those people who don't know about it, of like, what's the big deal? is because, you know, it's. I love sports docu-series. I don't watch sports. I never watch sports. I consume every sports docu-series that comes out because what's interesting to me about sports is the fandom and the passion and why people care about it and why it's a big deal. What's not interesting to me, unfortunately, and please, my bosses at The Ringer, don't listen to this, is actually watching sports. And that's what I feel like this is, for like a sports fan is like, why do people care about reality TV? Why was this such a big deal? This is why, because we've spent 10 years of our lives with these people. And to get something like the season 10 finale, where we have never seen something that real on reality TV where suddenly something that's been happening all season behind Ariana's back, behind the rest of the cast back, and what should have been behind our back if it wasn't exposed right before episode five all culminates in this moment where the producers pick the cameras back up. And that's the really rare part of Scandal. Sure, affairs happen all the time, but we've never had access to an affair like this. It's like living in the house of your next-door neighbor who had a seven-month-long affair.
2: All right, you guys. I now know after listening to that, you are just as excited as I am to press play on this... Uh, American Scandal Again, it drops December 26th. You guys, it's the gift that keeps on giving and we didn't want to miss out. So the Ring of Reality TV wanted to give you a gift as well. I hope you guys enjoy. I hope you have a beautiful and safe holiday. And next week, We will be back again with another special treat. You know we have to recap. This is a tradition on the Ringer Reality TV feed where we have to recap the year. And oh my goodness, what a year 2023 has been for Bravo. And joining me on that recap is none other than Gibson Johns from Gabin with Gib. You guys have to check that out. We get into every single franchise. We don't hold back. There's so much to cover. Um, So make sure you tune into that next Friday as well.
0: Talk to you then, bye guys. This episode is brought to you by State Farm.